Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My guest this week is the founder of the British Monarchist Society, Thomas Mace Archer-Mills. Thomas, welcome to the show. Yes, good afternoon and thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. On Thursday night, it was announced by Buckingham Palace that Prince Andrew was to be stripped of his royal patronages and military affiliations, as well as no longer using the style His Royal Highness, after a court in the US said that he would be tried in a civil court case. Now, for listeners who perhaps don't follow the inner workings of the royal family too closely... What does this exactly mean? This is absolutely unprecedented. Uh, This is something that uh, we are looking at, that the Queen, not as an individual or a mother, but as the state, as the crown, is having to do to limit any sort of reputational damage to the royal family or the institution itself. Uh, We do need to be mindful that the The Duke of York has not been tried in a court of law. He has not been ruled that he's done any wrongdoing. Uh, This is really the crown, the institution, distancing itself from any sort of further fallout from the court case which will be coming against Prince Andrew, a man who was born a royal highness and now all of a sudden he's not able to call himself that anymore. This is about survival, not of individual members of the royal family. You are seeing the institution in all its action and glory. This is nothing personal. This is business. This is how the crown maneuvers and survives and has lasted a thousand years. Anyone that's contributing to any sort of negative publicity, any sort of questions as to the integrity of the crown, you see what happens. The queen has just done it. You are my second born son. You are my favorite. But unfortunately, in the eyes of the crown, you are expendable and we no longer need you. You do not serve a purpose for the greater good of the country. And as we see it, he is cut out. Absolutely. And in in the statement Buckingham Palace released, it it really struck me that it, it opened by saying, with the queen's approval and agreement, Now, as as you say, it's long been believed that Andrew is the Queen's favourite son. And of course, for a long time, he was second in line to the throne. So how difficult a decision must this have been for Her Majesty? This is a very personal blow to Her Majesty as a mother, as head of her family now. This is something that she would have taken counsel from uh, Prince Philip, but unfortunately he is no longer here. But it also brings into effect the actual behind-the-scenes workings of the palace. When we think of the crown and the queen, we think she's the ultimate say, but there's something more at work here that you rightfully point out. The opening lines of that announcement of the palace says, with the agreement of the queen. Well, if it wasn't the queen's idea, and if Prince Philip's not around anymore, who has she sought counsel with? Well, of course, the next senior members of the family and the next in line will, of course, be Prince Charles, Prince of Wales, and then Prince William. But they wouldn't have come up with this on their own either. 
So in the background, there are positions that we know as the gray suits that obviously need to look out for the best interest of the institution. So a lot of the change doesn't start with the queen or individual members of the royal family. It starts with those courtiers that are looking out for the longevity and the future of the institution itself. They are the ones that don't have feeling. They are the ones that say it's not personal, it's business. And that's where we suspend the family unit. We suspend the firm and we look at the institution and who actually is pulling the strings there. Unfortunately, as we think it is Her Majesty and those that are next in line, they're only temporary. They are puppets to the crown. So as we have seen in this, this absolutely unprecedented announcement, it's, it's not the queen at work. It's the crown at work. A very big difference. Absolutely. And it was also interesting to note in the statements that they said quite explicitly that he will be defending this case as a private citizen. Now, the term private citizen, is it, it's not often used in the UK. It's more of an American legal term. And obviously, this case is being tried in the United States. But given that the Queen has reportedly been contributing to Prince Andrew's legal fees for this case, what does that say about the royal family's confidence in not, not only Prince Andrew, but the strength of his defence? Yes, there's, there's two things here, and uh, it's been a common uh, use of terminology, a private citizen in the United States for yonks, but a lot of Americanisms are coming across the Atlantic, uh, not just myself several years ago, but a lot of different terms. And when we look at Harry and Meghan, they had also had that term applied to them, that they no longer wanted to be members of the royal family, but to be private citizens. Well, what exactly does that mean? And what does it mean where you not just have a family, but a family that's attached to the head of state and the crown in total? So when we break it down, it's not about so much a defense and whether the family believes him or not. Uh, it's actually coming down to, will it be misconstrued that the queen's private money who is helping assist Andrew in the finances could be muddled with the idea that the taxpayers pay for the royal family. So that's one issue that the Queen is wanting to distance from. Another issue there is whether Prince Andrew or not will still be seen in the eyes of the public to be an active member of the royal family. And as the public does assume that they pay for the royal family, they would want to know why they, in fact, are paying for someone who has disgraced the nation and the royal family. So by the Queen removing that from the equation in saying this man, my son and former HRH will not be attached to the royal family during any of these proceedings now or ever in the future. He's on his own as an individual without the protection of the crown or me as the queen, as his mother is head of state. So this is the crown also distancing itself from still an heir to the throne. He will retain his position in succession, but they're not claiming him anymore as an HRH. So he actually joins his ex-wife, Sarah Ferguson, the Duchess of York in having that title his or her royal highness stripped from him. This might look as it was maybe a virtual lead to the chopping block, uh, but this is actually the queen saying, I'm giving you a lifeline here. I'm helping you. Let's take care of all of this stuff up front. That way later on, 
There's no more disgrace. There won't be any more calls to further harm you. I would like to really just get it out of the way so you can concentrate on picking up from this mess and moving on with your life, not having anybody hound you or saying, why should you retain titles? Why should you retain status or position since you have damaged irreputably the, and irrevocably the royal family, me as your mother, as the queen and the state in its glory? Just to pick up on what you said before then, Prince Charles and Prince William were at this meeting with Her Majesty and of course, Prince Andrew. And of course, that was the, the same group who were also there negotiating the exit of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle from the royal family as well. So yes. what, what does this say about the way decision making is done within the royal family? As, as Also, as you say, about the, the royal household as well and the, the men in grey suits. And also, even in the Telegraph as, as well, they reported that even uh, Sarah Ferguson, Prince Andrew's ex-wife, she was the one who initially persuaded him to withdraw from public life. It tells us there's a fine line between business and personal and anyone who's in business knows that. And, and we know not to do business with our friends and our family because it always ends badly. Uh, and in this case, it has ended very badly, but Prince Andrew can see that he is a part of something bigger. He is part of the crown, an institution, and he takes service to crown and country and duty very seriously. So he did agree to this, and that's because he's able to draw that line between it being personal as, oh, I'm going to fall out with my family, versus the crown is what matters, I am a functioning cog in that, and if I'm broken, this organization is only as strong as its weakest link. By removing me, we can carry on and be as strong as we were before. Uh, he will, of course, still always be a prince of the realm, the queen's second son. He will have more money than most of us will see in our lifetime. So for him, he is pretty well set financially unless this, this court case does take everything from him. But it shows the ruthlessness of the institution, of the crown itself. It shows a very stark contrast that no matter how human we want to say the members of our royal family are, we have to look at them in this case as intangible pieces on a playing board. They belong to the wider theory and ideology of what the crown is. So we, we can't actually say, well, it's, it's a brother, it's a sister, it's a son, it's an uncle. We're not, we're not the royal family and they're not a normal family. They have very different positions. So it is quite hard not to take personally, but when you take a human aspect out of it and look at survival of an institution, it's the same as a business. What do we have to sacrifice to grow the business and make it profitable? And uh, we look at the, the bottom line. And the bottom line here where the Crown is concerned is that Prince Andrew was a liability. And unfortunately, with all bad employees, we must let them go. On liabilities, the court case is a real, real landmark court case, this. And the entire uh, structure of uh, the uh, Virginia Roberts case is, is actually built on the interview Prince Andrew did with Newsnight's Emily Maitlis, which uh, for an, anyone who watched it, it can only be described as a car crash. Uh, following that, he, he did say that he was going to step back from royal duties for the foreseeable future. But given that that particular interview is the entire foundation for this civil case, just how damaging can that interview be for him and indeed the, the royal family? Well, it's, it's somewhat incriminating because if he can't provide any sort of medical reasons or evidence that he wasn't able to sweat, then that's a problem. 
But when you look at that interview and look at his demeanor, Prince Andrew, no one has ever really warmed to Prince Andrew. People from day one have called him all sorts and branded him Randy Andy, the Prince of Pork, all of these things. He does have an air and sense of entitlement. Uh, people don't like that. He's not one of these members of the royal family that we like to embrace and love and coddle and say, oh, they make us proud. A lot of people utterly loathe the band because of his aloof, entitled attitude. And I think that's why the media and the public have very easily said guilty. And we think he's guilty because the way he acted, I'm better than everyone. I might get away with it. I might not. This is my truth. No, no, no. We don't want your truth. We want the truth. What happened? I, I think also with this, and I feel very passionately that even though the media and the public have gone ahead and tried him and found him guilty, it's the courts of law, not the public and not the press, certainly not the media, that will find him innocent or guilty. And this country, and most Western countries, we are innocent until proven otherwise. So I think what the palace has done is actually very damaging in its own way to the prince because what the public is going to take away from that is he's being punished for wrongdoing. And if they didn't think he was in the wrong and didn't do anything wrong, why would they do this to him? The public takes its cue from the Buckingham Palace press office. So this is where the institution sometimes works against itself. What does the palace know that we don't know, that the judges don't know, that lawyers don't know? What is it that has made them punish this man so much that they are literally casting aside not only an heir to the throne, but a born royal highness and the queen's favorite son? You know things are serious at that point and just how serious. Is he truly the guilty party? Yeah, definitely. And it's uh, very important to re repeat the fact that, you know, he is innocent until proven guilty. And it's, it's also important to stress that Prince Andrew does strenuously deny the allegations that's been made against him. Yes. But, but just to come back to the interview for, for a moment, the royal family has had a, a very long and very well-documented, uh, di quite difficult relationship with the press. Now, given how poorly that now infamous interview went, will that add to the distrust the, the royals have in the media and also link into Prince William's issues with the BBC? This is a, a very wide and vast question, because if we look at the history of this question with, with a special look at press and media treatment, it all stems with deference to the crown. Things before, when there was a high deference, the papers were never run with stories they, they do now. But as the relationship has changed and deference to the crown has, in fact, socially uh, been on the decline for decades, we're looking at an institution that faces a crisis. And the Queen, we all love her. We know how she has run the, the firm, as you will, but this mantra of never complain, never explain is now working against the palace. But your question is about the story of the relationship between the media and the royal family. And it's not going to get any better. There's an affinity and a love for the queen. So the papers are always 
uh, more respectful, more understanding to Her Majesty, but not other members of the royal family. There's such a deep respect for that woman. She's really the only queen so many of us have only ever known. Uh, even our parents have only ever known her. So to say anything against her at such an age is, is borderline the most disrespectful thing you could ever do. But her children are fair game because what's being misconstrued is the love of the queen and the love of the institution and the love of the royal family. And for as ardent of a monarch as I am, I'm a realist. Mm -hmm. And we need to make sure that the palace itself and those gray suits are understanding that the affinity, the affection and the cherishing of the queen is not exactly the same for the institution. And this is where the palace has to change. This is where they have to say, we need to do something different because once the queen goes, never complain, never explain, the people won't wear it. The people are entitled. They feel entitled. They think they pay for us. They want answers. They think that we answer to them. And hey, it's a very disposable society now. If we don't have value on something, we chuck it away in the bin. Well, younger people coming up, if they don't understand the value of the crown in the palace, the gray suits don't change their ways. They're going to find themselves out on the dole looking for a new job. Well, following the allegations against the Duke of York initially becoming uh, public, there were, there were many, particularly in the veterans community, who had been calling for him to have his military affiliation stripped because of yes. the, the reflection those accusations have on their, their regiments. So, yes. you know, going back to that, that idea about the, the course of public opinion, you know, to what extent will those calls by the ex-service men and women have had in contributing to the Queen's decision? Well, the armed forces don't belong to the government. They are Her Majesty's armed forces. And there is a mantra within every regiment, within every branch of, of the armed forces, that you are duty and honor. And anyone who violates that mantra is not worthy to not only wear a uniform, but even shine the shoes of those who are in uniform. So it is only right that those that feel that the, the Duke of York has disgraced his position, has carried a black mark on the regiments of which he serves and is a colonel of, of course they don't want to be associated with that. These are upstanding men and women that serve crown and country every day and, and act in a certain way that not only puts the best foot forward of their division and their regiment, but actually reflects the United Kingdom as a country, crowning country, that's what it's about. And a prince of the realm to act in this way, whether he's guilty or not, it is his association and lapse of judgment and good character and keeping company with those that he did that has brought this great reputational damage, not just to him, but all attached to him. So it's only right that those men and women in uniform would not want to serve under him. They wouldn't want him as a colonel. They say, your majesty, we serve you well. We serve you every day. We've taken an oath to protect you under your command in this nation. We, don't, we, we can't be associated with someone who is dishonorable, that we don't trust, that we now would not follow into battle. Something must be done. That's a very serious accusation. And uh, knowing the guards, because my adopted grandfather is a grenadier for years and years, he's been calling for Prince Andrew to step down even before this all came to light. So this is something that has plagued the forces even before this all came out. 
And on lapses of judgment, this isn't the first time Prince Andrew's been questioned about his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein to bring it back to the wider reason this case was brought about. Even during the Mm. Queen's Diamond Jubilee celebrations a decade ago, he was criticised for continuing that friendship with Epstein after he was released from prison following the first set of trafficking charges. So based on that, should we really be surprised that Prince Andrew has found himself in this position? Well, I think we can't be surprised, and I'll tell you why. Because it's not entirely his fault. He's not the brightest bulb in the palace chandelier. This man is someone who values wealth, money, status. Um, Is he a bit ignorant? Yes. Does he put all the pieces together? No. Is he a little arrogant? Very much so. Uh, So when you put ignorance and arrogance together, it creates a very lethal combination. So he was already digging his own grave without even knowing it. Uh, And and that's the danger with people like Prince Andrew. Is he personable? To most people, he's not. I've had the chance to to meet him and he's very lovely. Uh, He's done a lot for his charities. He's done a lot with Pitch at the Palace for younger people, entrepreneurs. But unfortunately, all the good that he's done is is buried by the actual person he is, which is very unfortunate. Um, And and this brings into a greater question. When he was pictured with Jeffrey Epstein in New York City on that bench in Central Park, what were they talking about? What exactly was the timeline? Now, these 2009 papers that have been unsealed, which showed that uh, Ms. Guffrey had, in fact, taken a settlement. And this was supposed to uh, say that royalty would be uh, absolved from any future case and this and that. Was that what Epstein and the Duke of York were talking about? Was it Prince Andrew that met with him to say, I'm your friend. I'm going to be guilty by association. I've done nothing. How are you going to protect me? What is it that you're going to do as a friend, since I've stood by you, not in in claiming your innocence, but just being a friend? I am now in the firing line. Mm. What is it in your settlement that you're going to do to make sure that I'm not brought to the chopping block? That's very much a conversation that could have happened when that photographer snapped that picture. And of course, with that, that clause in the 2009 sealed paper saying that, well, she shouldn't be able to bring a case against royalty. Does that include Prince Andrew? Is that what was decided between Epstein and, well, I can't even say his royal highness anymore, and, and the prince? So there's a lot that needs to be taken into account. If he is in fact not innocent, did he meet Epstein to make sure that he was going to be protected because he knew he was guilty by association, not guilty by doing any wrongdoing. Well, v- Virginia Roberts Dufre, Prince Andrew's accuser, she, she's told the press that she is still willing to reach a settlement agreement with uh, Prince Andrew. Do you, do you think the royal family may actually push Andrew to settle rather than take this to trial in, in order to just simply protect the firm, if you will? Well, see, th- this is the question, because a settlement can only happen with Miss Gouffre, and they, I was corrected earlier with Gouffre, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I've said Gouffray. So um, however you say it, a settlement can only happen with her approval. And right now it has actually been conveyed that she might not want to settle. If she does settle, it won't just be about money. It will be about clearing her and an admittance of wrongdoing on the part of the prince. One way or the other, it doesn't look good 
for the Duke of York. It doesn't look good for Andrew as a private citizen now, um, someone who's probably going to have to borrow money from his mother to get by after this. So if he does settle and we don't know the ins and outs of the settlement, the public is going to say, well, he settled because he's guilty. Mm. That's why people settle. And when we look at previous settlements in the past, whether it be Michael Jackson or other people that were stained by the allegations of wrongdoing, whether they did wrong or not, didn't matter. Mm. Everyone said they paid to shut up these people. If you have the money, you pay it, make it go away, whether you're guilty or you're not. But the public always has the stigma that if you paid to make it go away, you did something wrong. The mud sticks, there isn't any, any smoke without fire. So... If he, as a UK citizen, does not comply, does not testify, he could be held in contempt. And then it's also that, well, the judge can say, it's now what I decide. And I think you owe her $25 million, something like that. So no matter what he does, he's going to have to put his best evidence forward. He's going to have to prove that he wasn't able to sweat. He's going to have to find some footage, a bill, any sort of records that he was in fact at Pizza Express with one of the princesses of York. There's so much that if he is not guilty and we can't assume that he is or he isn't until the judge rules, he needs to now get every shred of evidence to prove that he was where he says he was and that he had that medical condition that she says is, is full of, of ridiculousness. But I do, I do want to bring up uh, another very important bit here mm-hmm. is that <laughs> Prince Andrew, when you say, okay, I don't remember taking this picture. I don't really remember meeting her. But then she says, I met you and I did the deed with you on three different occasions. You should certainly remember me. Let's just say for a moment, he is a member of the royal family who meets tens of thousands, if not thousands of people per year and has just as many pictures taken. If we were to meet thousands of people a year and have thousands of pictures taken, would we remember every face? Would we remember every photograph taken? If we were at one of our friend's homes and they were having a house party and someone said, oh, it's one of the princes from the United Kingdom, I want a quick picture. And he says, oh yeah, great, you're a friend of one of my friends and yeah, let's look pally and and let's take a picture. Is it possible that if they didn't actually have sex and meet on those three different occasions, would he be believable in saying it was a one-off at a friend's house? I meet so many people. I take so many pictures. It was just another young girl that I've been exposed to all of my life from the days of being a young, dashing prince with the name Randy Andy. Let, let's say uh, th- this, this trial finds Prince Andrew not guilty of all charges and is found to be completely 100% innocent in all this. Is there yes. any way back for him into royal and public life? Not without the palace looking bad. And the palace mm-hmm. never looks bad. Mm-hmm. The palace will put up or shut up. And we've right. seen that in history. So they've limited their amount of contact as assurance mm-hmm. as to one way or the other. Prince Charles has already said he wants a slimmed down monarchy. This works in his favor. But it works in the favor of the palace. It works in the favor of the actual institution. And it works in favor of the gray suits that are controlling the direction of the crown. Mm-hmm. Because whether he's guilty or not, if he comes back with a returned uh, plea of, of not guilty, 
and the judge confirms he's not guilty. Hey, sorry, you brought shame upon us. And yeah, it's great, but it's all said and done. Mm -hmm. You already agreed to this. We can't give you back your titles. Um, you know what? You, it's just a black blemish. And, and let's forget about it. Um, let's, let's just go on and be one happy business and you were a former employee and we're not taking away your retirement but your your benefits and your association are finished that's how it's going to be handled if the judge returns a guilty verdict then the palace will say oh, we cut this off before it got any worse we spared ourselves the biggest um embarrassment by by supporting him and not doing anything. So we've avoided any sort of further claims that the Duke of York must be stripped and mm -hmm. we've stopped the armed forces from being unhappy with the monarch they serve. Mm -hmm. And everything is perfect in our world because the crown survives and we cut off the cancer. Mm -hmm. So no matter how we look at it, the crown always wins and they mm -hmm. will spin it to make sure that they survive. That's what it does. It's been here for a thousand years plus. There's no changing its equation now. Yeah. So just to finish then, what's actually next for Prince Andrew? And just to follow on from what you've just said there, can the royal family actually survive what is potentially their biggest scandal to date? Of course, the royal family survives. If we remember Diana, we remember all of the scandals. We remember everything. The royal family is still there. They will survive. And that's because they are not a family. They are a crown. They are an institution. They... Yes, they're flesh and blood and they're human, but they have a very different role that they play. So they're going to be fine. They always are. The crown will be fine. It always is. But for poor Prince Andrew, um, I think we're going to see a man who is going to be very depressed. His entire world has now been taken away from him. Uh, I think he will find solace and understanding in being with the Duchess of York. Even though they're divorced, they still live together at Royal Lodge. I don't think Mummy will kick him out of her spare house. Uh, so <laughs> I, I think on a human aspect, the Queen will let him remain in the residence that he's in. Uh, but we're going to see a very different Andrew. We're going to see a very private individual here, someone who might have his ha head hanging in shame after a verdict or someone who will say, you know what, I told you I was innocent. None of you believed me. You don't deserve to have the effort and the care and the loyalty that I've given all of these years. So you know what, I don't care what anyone says. I'm going to remarry my ex-wife because we're happy together. We're going to go off to Switzerland if we don't need to sell our chalet. And uh, I'm done. Leave me alone. I want nothing more from you. And rightfully so if he is innocent okay well thomas mace archer mills thank you very much for coming on the show oh thank you very much for having me i hope i made sense of your questions for everyone listening hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.